Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. She talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tell gay function with the carnia side. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah. Because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown. Put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. Go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 285 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here. It is the non-tender deadline day, Friday, November 18th. A lot of names have been non-tendered. Some of them are notable. The San Diego Padres just non-tendered Jorge Alfaro. Obviously a fan favorite, but his time with the Padres has come to an end. There are other notable names out there to talk about and maybe see if they're fits for the Padres. Uh, Kodai Senga, he recently met with the San Diego Padres after meeting with the Mets, so we can discuss that. John Heyman had an interesting report out last night about the Padres being interested in one of the top four shortstops on the market, so either Bogarts, Correa, Swanson or Trey Turner uh, that kind of caught me by surprise so there's a lot to talk about if you have any questions any comments feel free in the chat put them in there you can use that super chat button if you want to support the channel uh, I will respond to them and let's get started so I was going to start with Senga but then obviously it's a non-tender deadline day and the news that just came down is the news that I was waiting for uh, pretty much all day, and that was who the Padres were going to non-tender, obviously. Who was going to make the roster, uh, who was going to be tendered contracts, all that. The Padres had until 5 p.m. Pacific time today to tender contracts to people. Uh, and what I mean by tender contracts is offer contracts to players, give contracts to arbitration-eligible players for the 2023 season. and so. Those names that the Padres gave contracts to were Josh Hader, Tim Hill, Adrian Morahone, Jake Cronenworth, Austin Nola, Juan Soto, and then Trent Grisham. So according to the Padres, this was 14 minutes ago, all 32 players on the 40-man roster have been signed or tendered contracts for the 2023 season. Um, the Padres non-tender Jorge Alfaro, they also non-tendered right-handed pitcher Efrain Contreras. I believe he was in AAA. 
Don't take my word on that. I, I believe he was, though. They've agreed to a one-year contract with left-handed reliever Jose Castillo, who has been in the organization. Um, so that's the Padres news for today. Now, with Jorge Alfaro, that's not a surprise that he was non-tendered. He was going to make like $3.6 million, I think it was, for 2023. That was just too much for a guy that would have been the third catcher on the depth chart. You already had Austin Nola who was going to be the starting catcher. We saw that it was obvious from the 2022 postseason because Nola caught every game. Like he was, He's the guy they're confident in. That's who the pitching staff's confident in. And Luis Camposano, he's making much less than Alfaro is. And he's the one that's the young catcher, and the Padres are still trying to develop him. With Jorge Alfaro, is there more to develop with Alfaro? Maybe, but... I think this was more, you know, a money thing and him where he was on the depth chart. He was third on the depth chart among catchers. Um, yeah, there were some great memories with Jorge. All the walk-offs, LFGSD, um, the home run on Mother's Day, all of that. Great. Uh, we're always going to remember that. But for 2023, unfortunately, he just didn't really fit the roster. They weren't going to have him DH all the time. He was striking out a lot, you know, near the end of the season. Couldn't really stay healthy. According to Kevin AC, the front office fell out of love with him. Uh, it's nothing like his personality or anything like that. Like, he's a great teammate, it seems like. He's a great personality. Obviously, the fans love him, right? But it was, they fell out in love with his play. Um, and they, the Padres probably feel like they can develop Luis Camposano behind the plate to be the backup and maybe become the starting catcher at some point. Um, or they can trade Camposano in a deal and get back another catcher. Who knows? Uh, but Alfari just didn't fit. And the Padres now, they save over $3 million, and they can use that to spend somewhere else. And there are multiple holes. The catcher position was not a hole that they had to fill. They already had two catchers. They had Nola. They had Campy. They have to feel, excuse me, they have to fill holes. First base, left field, probably another reliever or two, probably a couple more starters. Uh, you know, there's just holes that they have to fill, you know. Uh, but Jorge Alfaro, he's always going to be remembered fondly by Padres fans. He had great moments here. He had a walk-off walk. He had a walk-off, a couple walk-off singles. I think it was against Ian Kennedy. Um, obviously the home run, right? Like he, he's probably a legend here, right? With the short time that he was a Padre, but it made sense for him not to be on the roster with Efren Contreras. I don't think we should take too much time discussing him. To be honest, I don't know a whole lot about him. He is a pitcher. He was in the minor league system. Uh, and obviously the Padres did not think that they were going to uh, use him very much in 2023 or at least to like how much they wanted to pay him or how much he was going to get paid they didn't feel like paying him that much so he is gone uh, and then other non-tender um, other non-tenders that's how I should put it that happened today there were some notable ones Dom Smith was non-tendered by the Mets uh, Cody Bellinger obviously was non-tendered by the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's a big one that I'll definitely get into here in a moment. Alex Reyes from the Cardinals, he was non-tendered. There was like 97. Luke Voigt was non-tendered by the Washington Nationals. Um, bring him back home. We'll see. We can discuss that. Brian Anderson, just saw that come down. He was non-tendered by the Miami Marlins. Um, Third base, right field is kind of where he plays. There's some other names. I mean, there's there's a there were a bunch of names that got non-tendered, but those were some of the notable names. Um, and I'll get to them. Let me go through the chat real quick to see if anyone has some comments here about Alfaro. Um, these look more about the shortstops. Yeah, we'll get to the shortstop, by the way. You know, the shortstop market. And John Heyman's report about the Padres being interested in the top, one of the top four shortstops. 
Uh, that was a interesting report, to say the least. I'll get to Kodai Senga, obviously. Uh, but starting with the guys that I just mentioned that were non-tendered, um, Dom Smith. So non-tendered by the Mets. I think he was supposed to make four, a little over $4 million in 2023. Pete Alonzo took his position, right? Dom Smith had a great 2020 season, but it was a short season, right? That was not a full, you know, Will Myers had a good 2020 season, right? Pete Alonzo, he's the first baseman of the Mets. We all knew he was going to be the first baseman of the Mets. So Dom, they tried moving him to left field, and that didn't work out very good. Um, he's just not a great defensive outfielder. First base is his position. DH is his position. And in 2021, he dealt with a partially torn labrum, a right ankle sprain. He dealt with, uh, or he got it in July of this past season. He suffered that. So he's an intriguing candidate. Like, uh, uh, let me know. Would you go with Dom? Would you be interested in having Dom Smith on the Padres and bring him in? Because anyone who got non-tendered today, they are free agents now. Anyone can go grab them. So the Padres can get Dom Smith as a free agent. This isn't someone that I would like, you know, break the bank or anything. I don't think you bring him in to be the starter, but I think you could bring him in based on the market. Like, there's probably a team that would offer him a major league spot. But if the Padres want to offer him kind of like how they did with Matt Beatty, like they, they brought him in and he was in the minor leagues at one point this past season for the Padres. That could maybe be the interest level for the Padres. Like they bring Dom Smith in, they see the potential. He was a top prospect uh, at one point in time, one of the best prospects in baseball. He does have the power. Um, they do need a first base and DH option. So ha having him be a minor league invite to spring training and seeing what he can do, I don't think that hurts. I, I don't think, I think that's a win-win. Like you win if he produces and you win even if like he doesn't, you're not giving him a bunch of money. You can put him in AAA and see what he does there and just use him as an extra body. Now, I don't think that's, actually going to happen because there's going to be a team out there that will give him a major league roster spot. But if I was AJ Preller, I would do what I do with every player. And that is check in with them and say, Hey, I'm interested in you. Let me know what your situation's like. Here's how we're interested in you. Like what level we are interested in you. If that makes sense. Like I would say if I was AJ, I'd tell uh, Dom Smith, we're interested in you as an organization, but we'll give you an opportunity to come to spring training and prove yourself. We're just not in the position right now to give you a major league contract. Like these guys that got non-tendered, for the most part, they got non-tendered because that team didn't want them on their major league roster. Like they didn't think that they were worthy enough of being on the major league roster. There were some exceptions like Cody Bellinger. Like he's a major leaguer, obviously. But... The Dodgers didn't want to pay the $18 million to have them to have him on the Dodgers roster, right? And Cody Bellinger is someone who we can get into right now. He is an intriguing player. He is someone that I think the Padres should express interest in, but this is not someone I would go all out for and give him a multi-year deal. I think there's going to be a team out there that will give Cody Bellinger a multi-year deal now that he is a free agent. Because they saw what he did when he won the MVP, and they saw what he did, you know, those years where he was making commercials with Christian Yelich, and those were the two big guys in the NL, right? Was that 2018, 2019, somewhere around there? Like, they saw that. They see the potential there. He's still a good major league outfielder, good center fielder. And so someone's going to bring him in, I think, on a multi-year deal. He's going to get interest. Do the Padres want to do that when you have uh, – I mean, this is a good point. It was brought up to me on social media today when I asked fans, I asked you guys on Twitter, would you bring in Cody Bellinger? Are you interested in him? And people were like, well, we already have a Cody Bellinger. It's Trent Grisham, right? We already have a guy who is less expensive, good glove, not so great bat, 
let's just stick with him. He's a lefty. Let's just stick with him. And I tend to agree with that viewpoint. There is something, though, where it's like, we saw what he could do in 2018, 2019. He's had some good moments against the Padres. We know he can swing the bat, right? It's about him making consistent contact and contact and not striking out. We know the glove is there. It's just a matter of if the Padres are willing to give him multiple years. Um, like, I think they should go after more of a guarantee, right? You're trying to go all in and win right now. And Cody Bellinger at the plate this past year for the Dodgers in the postseason, when it mattered most, he didn't show up. Did he get, like, I think he got one hit in the postseason series against the Padres. I can look that up again. But he did not show up at the plate. He was hitting near the bottom of the order. He did not play in every game, all four games of that postseason series. I'm pulling up the game logs right now. In the regular season, he had a 78 OPS plus. League average is 100. You know, he still hit 19 home runs. Grish had the power too. So like we already have kind of like a Bellinger on the roster, right? And Bellinger, I think he would cost more than what Trent Grisham's probably going to cost in 2022. Trent Grisham, as I'm looking him up on Spot Track right now and what his projected contract is going to be, he's estimated to get $2.8 million in 2023, right? And Bellinger, he would get probably more than that because of the potential. Someone's going to take that risk. I think someone will. I don't know if the Padres are in that spot to do that. They have Grish under control for three more years. We don't know what's going to happen with Tatis either. Maybe they move Tatis and have him play center at some point this year. Or they have him go play right field, Soto play left, and you have Grisham in center. Well, then what are you bringing Bellinger in for? Now, Tatis, he could get hurt, obviously, but so could everyone else on the roster, right? So Bellinger, he's kind of like Dom Smith for me. I'm interested in him, but it's going to have to be at the Padres' right price, right? You know, these guys, Dom Smith, Cody Bellinger, they could be, you know, classic change of scenery guys where they succeed on a new team. They just needed a place where maybe there wasn't as much attention on them. But if they come to the Padres, there's going to be attention on them. This team made the NLCS this past season. There's high expectations. You're going to be joining a lineup with Juan Soto and Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. when he returns and Jake Cronenworth, like, and the great pitching that the Padres have. Like, there's expectations here. So if you don't perform, Padre fans are going to criticize. They, they, we just are. We want to win badly. And I know the regular season, it, it, we proved it this past year, right? It's just about getting in. But we still care about regular season games, too. Um, we got to get through those months. And if you're not helping us, then still going to get on you, you know? So again, with Dom Smith and Cody Bellinger, I'd be interested in them. If I were AJ Preller, if I were the Padres, but it would have to be at our price. We're not going out there and spending, and I wouldn't give multiple years to either of those guys. Let me know your thoughts on that, uh, in the comments. Trent Grisham, again, less than $3 million is what he's projected to get in 2023, age 26. And I think he's going to have a better season. You can't have a worse season, right? I guess that's the positive if you look at, if you, you know, look at Grish from 2022 to 2023. Can he be worse? <laughs> no, I don't think so, right? I don't think he's going to strike out as much. The shift probably will, or the, the elimination of the shift will probably help him along with everyone else. So I want to give Grish another chance. I, I know I said that when I did my Trent Grisham season review episode. If you missed that, by the way, all players that were on the postseason roster, probably excluding Brandon Dixon, I did reviews of their seasons during, I think it was the NLCS, or not the NLCS, during the World Series and the end of the year. Um, right after the Padres got eliminated. So you can go check those out on the podcast platforms or on YouTube here. Um, but yeah, I'm giving Grish another chance. Bellinger, Dom Smith, 
They are intriguing options. Uh, Alex Reyes, that's another intriguing option. He was non-tendered by the St. Louis Cardinals today. And he was an all-star in 2021. He underwent shoulder surgery this past May. I was going back looking at some video of Reyes, and this guy throws gas. His fastball, upper 90s, and it doesn't look like he's throwing hard, like he's trying hard. Like, sure, he's dealing, he's dealt with injuries, and it's a risk, but what if he wants to be on a contender, and he want, he's okay with taking a one-year deal, one-year flyer deal, and the Padres bring him in and see what they can get out of him? I'd be interested in that. This is another deal, though, where it's like, Reyes is going to have to come here on Padres' terms, not on Alex Reyes' terms. And relievers, they're getting paid this offseason, as we've seen. So does a team take a multi-year risk on Alex Reyes, or does a team give him one year and, like, 10 mil? Maybe. I would not do that if I were the Padres. But he's another guy that I would be interested in, that's for sure. Um Brian Anderson, non-tendered by Miami. I don't think the Padres are going to give a whole lot of interest into that. Third base, that's obviously covered. Maybe as a bench utility guy, but they can bring back Brandon Jury with that, right? Who's familiar with the organization. Now, Brandon, Brian Anderson, he did play right field a little bit last year. So he can't play the outfield, can't play the infield, but so can Brandon Jury. So we'll see. Maybe it's a spring training invite with Brian Anderson. Look, these guys, the Padres, we don't know that the Padres are interested in any of these guys I'm talking about, but I assume that Preller's going to kick the tires on some of these names. Definitely a couple of these names at least, because that's what A.J. Player, A.J. Player, that's what A.J. Preller does, right? That's just who he is. The guy doesn't sleep. So uh, Luke Voigt is a very interesting name, obviously. He came to the Padres last year in that trade. The Padres sent Alex Lang, I think was his name, the LSU pitcher, to the Yankees. And Luke Voigt, I thought, yeah, he struggled at times, but I thought he played pretty well with the Padres. I thought he hit pretty well with the Padres. He had 135 games in total last year. He had better stats. With the Padres compared to the Nationals. He finished with the above league average OPS plus last year. And with the Padres in 82 games, he had a 416 slugging percentage, a 733 OPS. Those were better than what he had with the Nationals. A 381 slugging, 676 OPS, 113 OPS plus with the Padres, 95 OPS plus. With the Nationals, it does make sense why. I mean, there was more talent around Luke, right? He's a fan favorite. There's going to be a lot of fans that want Luke to return. I am one of those that want him to return, but at the Padres' price. I'm sure there's going to be te- going to be a team out there that will offer Luke Voigt a starting first base opportunity or at least a starting DH opportunity, get the bulk of the at-bats at DH. I think Luke Voigt, should be intriguing to the Padres. I think the Padres should express interest in Luke and having him return. If he's willing to take on like a Will Myers role, how Will was this at the end of the year, where he was playing some first, but he was DHing a little bit. He was coming off the bench. I don't know if Luke Voigt's willing to come off the bench when this is pretty much still the prime of his career. Is he willing to do that? To me, it seems like he's someone that wants to win. He was pissed off when the Padres traded him to the Nationals. I assume he was more pissed off at Hosmer because he wasn't going to be traded, but he was traded because Hosmer rejected that trade. You know, Um, So I assume that he wants to win. Will a contender give him a starting opportunity at first base or a starting opportunity to get the bulk of the DH bats? I don't know. Is he cheaper than Brandon Drury? I'd give Luke Voigt a one-year deal, maybe a a one-year with the club option. Is he cheaper than, well, I just said that. Is he cheaper than Drury? Like, I compare those deals, and I'd seriously think about bringing bringing Luke back. I'd probably have, rather have Drury over Luke. I think Drury, you know, with his 
ability to play multiple positions. He's better defensively just based on the eye test compared to Voight. But if I don't think it's the worst case scenario for Luke Voigt to return with the Padres. He was or he got $5.4 million in 2022. If he's willing to accept less than that to return to the Padres on a one-year deal, I think the Padres have to be open to it um, and should be open to it. He is probably far down on their list in guys that they want, right? Abreu, Bell, Drury. There's other guys up there. Maybe Yuli Gurriel even over him. Um, there's other guys out there. There's trade targets that they're more interested in than probably Luke Boyd, right? But Luke Voigt is probably added to that list tonight. That's what I would think. After him being non-tendered by the Washington Nationals, it was expected that he was going to be non-tendered by the Nats. The Nats are not contending. There's no reason for Luke Voigt to be being paid millions of dollars by a team that's not trying to win right now. They're trying to develop players. They don't need a veteran being on their team. It, it sucks the way it turned out, right? Uh, Brandon Jury, I am. I was happy with Brandon Jury being on the Padres. Um, would have the Padres been better with Voight and Jury instead of Bell and Jury? I don't know the answer to that. Um, it just sucks that Voight. It didn't. The Padres did not want to trade Voight, but they had to because Hosmer rejected the trade, and then they ended up trading him to Boston, right? And in order to get that Nationals deal done, they traded Voight. So that they could at least get back Bell. Um, so the Padres, they wanted Bell over Voight, and I understand why, right? Better defensively, first base DH, it gives you that switch hitter, right? That's not something that Voight does. So I understood the move, but there, there still is something inside me where it's like unfinished business, maybe, or I don't know, just I would have been interested in seeing how the end to the 2022 season would have you know, resulted with Luke Voigt as a Padre. Maybe that's just me, but that's how I kind of feel about that. Um, all right, let's go through the chat here. So I gave you guys some names, some non-tendered players. Let me know which guys interest you. Should the Padres offer major league deals to these guys? Minor league spring training, excuse me, minor league spring training invites. Let me know here. I'll get to the shortstops, obviously. I'll get to the Kodai Senga stuff. But I wanted to start off with the news that just happened today, this afternoon, with the non-tendered players. Uh, Nuts Bolts Tools says, rather take a chance on Dom than bringing back Voight. Do you think, I assume that's probably because Dom would come cheaper? Or you saw Voight and he struck out a lot. Dom Smith struck out a lot, too. Like, those guys are pretty comparable. Dom Smith's a lefty. Voigt's a righty. Uh, I don't know who's better at first base, to be honest. Like, Dom maybe, because that's like his... I know Voigt plays first. That's his primary position, too. Dom probably can move around better than Voigt. But both guys are probably similar. I mean, it's not really fair to compare Dom Smith's numbers to Luke Voigt's numbers this past 2022 season because Dom Smith dealt with injuries. He was sent down to AAA Syracuse, the Mets AAA team. He just didn't get a ton of consistent playing time. He got playing time at the beginning of the year, and I think it was into July, but then that was it, where Voigt pretty much played the whole year. Okay, so Gil kind of filling me in here. Thank you about Efrain Contreras. He's gone, didn't pitch well enough coming off of Tommy John surgery last year. Mike is interested in Cody Bellinger. I'm interested in Bellinger too. And Dodger fans can, you know, get mad at Padre fans or like try to laugh at Padres fans for being interested in Cody Bellinger. Laugh at Padre fans all you want. Like he's the one that didn't help you guys last year. And with Bellinger, like we're I'm looking at the potential that he has. I'm not someone that's sitting here and saying, Cody Bellinger is a Padre. Cody Bellinger, you are a San Diego Padre. Welcome to San Diego. I'm just sitting here being a reasonable Padres fan saying they should express interest in a former MVP who's still supposed to be in the middle of his prime. You know, 
yeah, you're not going to give them $18 million. The Dodgers weren't willing to give them 18 mil. And if the Dodgers weren't willing to fix Cody Bellinger, then yeah, it's definitely a, a worthy question to ask or a worthy point. How are the Padres going to fix him if the Dodgers couldn't fix him? The Dodgers fix anyone. They had Trace, they brought in Trace Thompson and Max Muncie from Oakland and Chris Taylor from Seattle. And those guys have performed at points in time with the Dodgers, right? Um, and Tyler Anderson pitched well with them, right? Like they get some of the smaller names or not the superstars, they come in and perform for the Dodgers, you know? Uh, Justin Turner, obviously, from the Mets, right? So if there's a team that could fix a guy, you think it's the Dodgers. The Dodgers, by the way, they could still bring Bellinger back. It would just have to be, or it supposedly it would be less than $18 million. That's what they're doing here. They're probably interested in bringing him back and trying to fix him. They probably still like him, but they're not going to give him 18 mil. And no team should be giving Bellinger $18 million for a season uh, based on the year that he had. Like, if Grisham had $18 million in arbitration, you bet the Padres would have non-tendered him as well. Like, that's just an insane number for a guy that did not produce to that level last year. That, that's a good point, Quan. Bellinger can play first as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, he can play outfield, can play first. He could DH probably some. Um, but, again, it, I think for Bellinger to come to the Padres, it would have to be on the Padres' terms. It would not be the Padres winning a bidding war with another team, I don't think. Big Iron Bum says, I still say we need to take a flyer on either Bellinger or Gallo. Gallo would be a great replacement for Profar. I don't know about a great replacement. It's hard to hit at Petco Park. You know, we, we're talking about this. I've, I've said it multiple times this offseason already about the shift and how I expect Juan Soto's numbers to improve. I expect a lot of guys' numbers to improve because the shift ban, right? Um, sing, there's going to be outs from this past season that are going to be hits right but with gallo he's swinging and missing it's not like he's making contact and hitting into the shift a bunch he's still probably hitting to the shift and they played him to pull but he strikes out a ton he is one of the worst guys if you want contact and the padres like plate discipline and guys making contact joey gallo's not that guy now preller you know the rangers roots and all that he'll probably be interested in gallo to some degree, but I disagree with him being a great replacement for Profar. Those two guys are opposite. Gallo's known for power. Profar doesn't strike out a ton. He has good plate dis or I don't know about good plate discipline, but he has long at bats. He battles. I hate to use the tingler word, but he battles in at bats. Um, he, he's a good, really good, or at least he improved this past season fielding wise. So, no, I don't think he's a great replacement for Profar. I think the Padres are going to kick the tires on Gallo, but I don't expect him to come to the Padres. Mike says Brandon Jury would really improve the Padres' bench, which was horrible last year. Yeah, I mean, we saw it in the postseason, right? They were not willing to go to anyone on their bench. They weren't willing to go to Campy, which I understand, a rookie. They weren't willing to go to Alfaro. Uh, obviously, Azokar as your, what, your fourth outfielder. Uh, they weren't willing to go to him, you know, when Myers was in the game. So, yeah, if Drury is a bench guy and he's platooning as a DH or at first with someone, that improves the bench, definitely. I agree. But if Drury's on the bench, then that means they get a left fielder, they get a primary first baseman, Maybe you have Drury DH some games too, but they probably get another bat as well. So we'll see. I think if Drury comes back, he probably platoons with someone. Kwan asks, how does everyone feel about Kiermeyer? He's also someone that is a free agent, I believe. I think he was, was he non-tendered? He was either non-tendered or DFA'd, but the Rays, they're not bringing him back. The Dodgers, I did see some reporter was it Nightingale? I mean, I don't like trusting him a whole lot, but it might have been Nightingale. He was talking about how the Dodgers, non-tendering Bellinger, 
they have interest in Kevin Kiermeyer. And he would probably be a cheaper Bellinger. Not known for his bat. He's a lefty, but he's a great outfielder. So maybe they bring him in and they don't bring Bellinger back. Um, the Padres, I don't think that's an option. You already have a Kiermaier in center field. It's Trent Grisham, right? We've already kind of went over that tonight. Irie says, what's up, Ben? What do you think, honestly, is Myers going to make this year? Just throw a number out for us. You're always really realistic. That's what I like about you. Thank you. So with Nick Martinez, I know this isn't Myers, but with Nick Martinez, I threw out three years, 30 mil, and I was pretty right about that. Three years, 26, guaranteed. Uh, three. I was right on the AAV for the first year, three years, or one year, 10 mil for the first year. With Myers, I'm not as confident in this prediction, but if he wants to come back to the Padres, it's probably like $5 million. If he's going to go elsewhere, he'll probably get, I don't know if he'll get a multi-year deal, or maybe it'll be a one-year with the club option. Uh, but it'll probably one-year, 8 to $10 mil maybe, if he goes to another team. I don't think the Padres are giving him that much money, though. Um, I mean, they obviously weren't going to give him $20 million, like, I think that's how much he was going to make if they opted into that club option for this year or this coming season. So if he comes back four or five mil, he can play first, can DH, can play the outfield. But if he goes elsewhere, eight to 10 mil is probably my guess. It's not going to be a lot of years. It might just be one year. Gil says Jake Marisnik. Okay. Come on. Did we see how that experiment worked out in 2020? That guy did nothing. No point in trading for that guy. Didn't they give up like Anderson Espinosa or someone like that too? I know he has, hasn't stayed healthy, but they gave up an arm that they invested a lot of time in, in that deal, and he did nothing for the Padres. All right, so let's get to the Kodai Senga thing. Uh, he met... With the San Diego Padres yesterday in San Diego, which is encouraging, obviously, right? Kodai Senga, he's one of the Padres' targets, one of the Padres' starting pitching targets. He's one of many teams' targets, by the way. This guy, I've seen MLB trade rumors projecting him getting a five-year deal worth $75 million, so $15 million a year. And if the Padres do that, then they're continuing to spend money and they're going to spend more than the $25 million Kevin A.C. projected during, I think, GM Meetings Week. And Senga, he looks up to Darvish. He's communicated with Darvish in the past, according to Nick Martinez. Nick Martinez, I believe, told uh, Dennis Lynn that. Dennis Lynn was the one who, by the way, reported that the Padres met with Senga yesterday. It was probably after the Robert Suarez press conference that they had, or Zoom conference. Um, and so it seems like there's a relationship there. Sanga and Darvish and Sanga Martinez, maybe they all played Suarez. They all played for that same, not at the same time, but they all played for what are they? What's that name called? Some soft Hawks or whatever. I think that's then the team that he played for. I forget, but they all played for that same team, not in the United States. Um, and if I was someone going to a job in another country, I'd probably want to go to the job where I know friends. Like, obviously, it's my profession. I know what I'm doing in the job. I can excel at the job. If I have the opportunity to go somewhere where I know people already and I'm familiar there, and it's a contending team, it's a great job, a job that is successful, you know, it'll put me in a position to have success, I'd be more willing to do that than somewhere else. Now. Padres will still have to pay. It's not like they're going to give this guy $10 million a year and get away with it. It's going to cost more than that. But it's definitely great. It's, a, it's great news that he met with the Padres. Now, this is probably just the first step this offseason. I don't know how long this is going to drag out. I don't know if Senga prefers to sign with the team right now or he prefers to wait till the winter meetings or if he's going to go to the winter meetings. 
and meet with teams in person there, you know, just go suite to suite in the hotel. I have no idea. Uh, but it is a positive, obviously. I mean, the Padres would maybe have the best rotation in the National League. I mean, I'm not, I don't have every rotation in front of me, but if the Padres brought in Kodai Senga, some teams probably think Senga's a one or a two. Probably not a one, but a two or definitely a three in their rotation. Senga would slot in as a four in the Padres rotation, probably. You have Hugh Darvish as your ace. You have Joe Musgrove, who was an all-star last year. You have Blake Snell, who's won a Cy Young. You have Kodai Senga, who is the big international free agent pitcher this offseason. And then you have Nick Martinez. Like, that is a great five right there. I think the Padres would still try to bring in someone else on a minor league invite or whatever, whether that's like a Trevor Williams who went to school here in San Diego, grew up in San Diego County. Uh, I think he went to Grossmont. Whether it's someone like that or a smaller name, you have Reese Kinnear and Jay Groom and Weathers to compete for, I don't know, if it's the last bullpen spot or that last guy to make a roster or if they want to go with the sixth man they could have him go in but a top five of darvish musgrove snell Sanga, and martinez sign me up i mean this offseason's already off to a successful start now if this is all they do obviously it's not because they have to fill little literal roster spots but pitching wise if they bring in Sanga and you just fill the rest of the pitching holes with smaller names. That's still a very successful pitching offseason. You brought back Nick Martinez. You brought back Robert Suarez, arguably your two most valuable relievers this past season. Haters up there, too. Uh, but Martinez, I mean, he did any role the Padres wanted. But you brought back those two guys, and then you bring in Senga, who is could be a three-starter. That is huge. Right. Starting pitching is key. I mean, I was talking with John Schaefer yesterday on the show. You can go watch or listen to that when this is over. Um, and he was talking about how the Padres, they need pitching, pitching, pitching. Because, and I agree, because we saw in the NLCS, right, that bit the Padres in the butt, right? They did not have a not, excuse me, if I can talk, they didn't have enough back end starting pitching, right? They had Cleb and Manaya. Clevenger was dealing with injuries, and Manaya just didn't have it. it. The stuff, it just was not there. And Bob Melvin left Manaya in too long, I think, in game four. And you had to have Clevenger start the game. And he didn't get an out. Martinez came in, three straight shutout innings. They just needed more quality starting pitching. If they had Senga this past postseason, or if they had Martinez starting the game because they had more relief help, Maybe it's a different story, and the Padres would have kept. It would have been 4-3 with Martinez coming to the game in the first inning of Game 4. Maybe when they had the 6-4 lead, they would have kept the 6-4 lead, and maybe they win Game 4. And the Bryce Harper home run against Robert Suarez doesn't you know, eliminate the Padres, right? Who knows? So, um, sorry, my screen just went dark there. But bringing in Senga, obviously, would be great. It would make it a successful pitching offseason. It's already off to a successful start. If you Is there anyone who doesn't want Kodai Senga? Is it, maybe it's the money for you. If they don't get Senga, I don't think it's the end of the world. Like, there's other options out there. Uh, I, I guess I could see some, some fans who would be like, well, I don't want to give five years to a guy when he hasn't proved that he could pitch in the big leagues. But from what I'm hearing and stuff, uh, what I'm seeing, reports that I'm seeing and experts that are writing stuff about Senga, like this guy's the real deal. And, and teams would not be floating out the five-year number and $75 million if they didn't know that this guy was the real deal, right? So I, I, I like him. I've seen some video of him. You can go look that up probably on YouTube. I think that's where I found it. Uh, he has some pretty darn good stuff. I think the changeup is his best pitch. So you have Martinez and Senga with the changeups there at the back end. That that's nasty. So that's what happened today. Padres met with or yesterday, excuse me. The, the news came out today. Padres met with Kodai Senga. 
The New York Mets also met with Kodai Senga recently. I don't know if it was yesterday, but he did get, he has gotten his airplane miles in, definitely. He met with the Mets in New York recently. That's according to someone with the Athletic. I forget his name. Forgive me on that. Uh, and then Senga meeting yesterday. That is according to Dennis Lynn. And he's obviously a fit with the Padres. You could bring up the money and all that. But Peter Seidler loves spending money. He's already admitted that to the media after the Padres season was over. He likes spending money. He can't take it with you. He's trying to win. And bringing in Kodai Singh, it's not just about this year, right? Darvish, he's not a guarantee to come to, to come back after this season, coming season. Blake Snell is a free agent after this coming season. So right now, and, and Martinez could opt out and go somewhere else after 2023 if the Padres don't give him the $16 million club option. So. Right now, the only starter that is locked in for 2024 in the rotation is Joe Musgrove. So if you bring Kodai Senga in, you have him locked in, assuming there's no like opt-out after this year. You have him locked in. That's a second starter, a guy that could be a top three starter in the rotation. You have him locked in. So that also benefits you long-term as well, you know, year, in the years past, just 2023. Uh, King LV in the chat says Senga is a great fit here. He has three former teammates here that can show him around. Um, Gil says Senga is going to decide between us and the Mets. I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's going to be coming down to the Mets or the Padres. Those are just the two teams that Senga has met with. I believe I've heard of some reports about Senga teams like the Blue Jays, the Mariners being interested in Senga as well. So I would assume that Senga will meet with those teams. It, I assure you that Senga is meeting with more than just the Padres and the Mets. Right? He'd be foolish to meet with just those two teams. Like Those two teams have money, but so do other teams. He doesn't know what the other teams are willing to offer him. Right? And in the first meeting, I don't know if the Padres laid out like Okay, we'll give you seventy million, or we'll give you four years, or five years, or three years, or whatever. They probably expressed interest and a fit, and why we think we fit. Maybe they laid out numbers, but it is. I I would think if there, I mean, if there's a first meeting and the Padres are serious, there's going to be another meeting, right? You don't just meet one time. Um, you know, John and Jim made this point on the radio. Uh, it's not in the comments here, but I just remembered it about how Padres pitched. They uh, pit. They made the pitch to Shohei Otani. They met with him. He chose the Angels. They met with Seiya Suzuki this past offseason. He went with the Cubs. If they obviously they're meeting, they've already met with um, Kodai Senga. If he goes elsewhere, now does that become a trend? Why is that happening? Even if he doesn't come to the pot, yeah. If he doesn't come to the Padres, yeah, it's a trend. But I don't know if I would read too much into that point. Because they brought Nick Martinez in. They brought Robert Suarez in, right? Guys that have that background of pitching over there. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into that, but that was a point that I forget who brought it. Was it John? I think it was John. John Schaefer brought that up, which is interesting uh, to think about. But like the pod, like last year, the Padres, they weren't giving 85 mil to, say, Suzuki. And if it gets to 85 mil for Kodai Senga, they're not going to do that, I wouldn't think. Maybe they will, but I wouldn't think they would. Like, they're still trying to extend Darvish. You don't want to go nuts for a guy that hasn't pitched in the big leagues yet, right? Like, he's, I don't think he's, well, no one is, but he's not as highly regarded as Shoei Otani, right? Where I think teams are willing to give him whatever. And it was just about what fit did Shohei like best. And he picked the Angels. And I would be very surprised if he is on the Angels in 2024, that's for sure. Um, that's a good point by Bonzo Law here says Otani would have came here if the DH was in effect back then that's right uh, the DH was not in effect 2020 there was the COVID season but it was not in effect he didn't know it was going to be in effect um, and it seems like he liked Billy Epler I don't know if he liked the Padres uh, the Padres met, like he took a meeting. He didn't take a meeting with every team. So there had to be some level of interest there. The Cincinnati Reds just acquired Kevin Newman from the Pittsburgh Pirates, by the way. 
So Brian Reynolds, he is still with the Pirates. One of the few guys that continues to be in Pittsburgh, and that might be an option for the Padres this offseason. The Pirates' asking price has been big on him, though. Uh, I know I just totally jumped from Otani to Brian Reynolds, but that just came up here. Um, okay. I don't see other big names we're talking about, like non-tender-wise. Bob Nightingale says the Dodgers have about $100 million coming off of the books with Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Trey Turner, Craig Kimbrell, Tyler Anderson, and Andrew Heaney no longer under contract. They could make a run at Aaron Judge. I did see that from like John Heyman today. But I think that would be something where it's like three years of ridiculous high average annual value, AAV, kind of like how they offered Bryce Harper in his free agency. And Aaron Judge is not going to accept that. He's already, I think, in his 30s. So he wants the years. He wants the $300-plus million contract. He's not, he didn't hit 62 bombs and go to free agency at 30 years of age to sign a three-year deal and then be a free agent at the age of 33, going into 34, you know? That's not what he did. So I don't see him coming to the Dodgers. So don't, don't lose sleep over Aaron Judge. Don't have nightmares of Aaron Judge being on the Dodgers. I really would be surprised if that happens. Uh, all right, so we hit on Senga. Hit on the non-tender stuff. John Heyman, he talked about shortstops in his article with the New York Post last night, and we will get to that. But first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so John Heyman of the New York Post wrote last night, the top end of the shortstop market seems to be expanding now with the Yankees and Padres showing interest, bringing to 11 the number of teams possibly in the market for one of the four marquee free agent shortstops. That took me by surprise. I know it's A.J. Preller, and he kicks the tires on everyone, and he likes to show interest on everyone. But when John Heyman goes out and says that the Padres are one of these teams showing interest in one of the top four shortstops, that's Trey Turner, that's Xander Bogarts, that's Carlos Correa, that's Dansby Swanson, when they already have Tatis, who plays short, obviously, signed to a long-term deal, they have Manny signed to a long-term deal. They have Ha-Sung Kim, who was a Gold Glove finalist, signed through this season. They have Jake Cronenworth, who is a back-to-back All-Star at second base. They have Trent Grisham in center field with years of control. They have Juan Soto, who they're trying to extend. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and I was surprised by it. Like, do I really think the Padres are going to bring in Trey Turner? I don't think so. Now, the positional change, yeah, I've seen that brought up. Maybe he plays second base, or maybe he goes and plays center field. But does Trey Turner want to go play center field for a team? Maybe if they give him the money, right? Money talks. But if you bring Trey Turner in, are you bringing back Juan Soto? Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Juan Soto, one of the greatest hitters that we've ever seen? Or would you rather have Trey Turner? Trey Turner is a very good player. Don't get me wrong, but you didn't trade James Wood, Robert Hassel III, Mackenzie Gore, Jarlin Susanna. You didn't trade all those guys for two and a half years of Juan Soto to let him walk. And the Padres have already said that they're not scared. Peter Seiler has said that he's not scared of the $500 million potential extension value that they'd have to give Soto. And they're, you know Preller has already talked about him and the Padres, they're going to have conversations with Juan Soto about an extension this offseason. I don't think one gets done this offseason. I don't even know if one gets done while he's with the Padres. Maybe it's in 2024. But they're going to have those conversations. It looks like they are trying, they're going to try their best to extend Juan Soto. 
are you really going to sign Trey Turner and give him 280 million or whatever, 250 and bring in and give Soto 500 million and have Musgrove for 100 million and extend Darvish and have Manny with this 300 million and you know all this money and Tatis with the 340 you're going to be able to do all of that I mean I guess but Padre fans are going to be paying $30 for beer and the Padres the shortstop position is the one that they don't need to go spend boatloads of money for like they have it if kim leaves right when is he a free agent he's a free agent i think after this season i'll double check that i think it's after this season he is a free agent so let's say he leaves you still have jake cronenworth at second base you still have fernando tatis jr at shortstop and you have jackson merrill in the farm system as a prospect coming up so you don't need the shortstop. You don't need to go out and get the shortstop. By the way, Kim's a free agent after 2024, according to Spot Track. That's what it says. Yeah, four-year, $28 million deal that he signed 2021, 22, 23, 24. Okay. Um, so they still have Kim for two more years. So does Trey Turner want to go play center field? We don't even know the answer to that. And Xander Bogarts? You're going to put him at second base or shortstop? Does he want to move positions? Do the Red Sox want to let him get away? We don't know the answer to that. We've heard Trey Turner wanting to play on the East Coast. Carlos Correa, he's a Boris client. He's not going to want this three-year thing deal that he signed with the Twins, right? He's going to want a lot of money. I mean... I, I just don't see it. I don't. Maybe someone can convince me that the Potters are like going to be a real finalist for these guys, but I just don't see it. Dansby Swanson, I, I feel like he's going back to Atlanta. He might be the most realistic guy. He's the cheapest. He can play short. He could probably play second. Um, I don't know about him in the outfield, but he's actually a pretty clutch player. Could bat bottom of the order be fine with it but he seems like a brave uh the cubs the giants they're probably going to be interested in getting a shortstop one of those guys the yankees were named as one of these teams but they brought in ikf uh or they brought back isaiah connor falefa today i think six mil so they're not gonna and they have oswald peraza they have another guy uh as well they're they're they have the they're going with the young guys that's what they're trying to do at short but other teams, I already mentioned the Dodgers, the Braves, Red Sox, Twins, Phillies. You can move Bryson Stott to second. Cubs, Cardinals, they don't trust Paul DeYoung, obviously. The Giants, Brandon Crawford, probably at short for this year, but they could bring in whoever they bring in, slide him over to shortstop after Crawford leaves and just have that guy play second for this year. Uh, the Yankees, no. Uh, like I said already, and Seattle, maybe. If they want that guy to move over to second, and they have J.P. Crawford play short, or they have J.P. Crawford play second base, and they have one of those shortstop come in, come in and play short. Um, I just don't, there's just a lot of teams out there that feel like they'd be better fits for shortstops than the Padres. Maybe that's just me, but that's how I feel on it. Let me see how you guys feel. In the chat here. Cameron says Judge will go to the Giants probably. That's not shortstops. But yeah, I mean. I don't know. I think he goes back to the Yankees. The Yankees seem very serious about bringing Judge back. I think they've already made multiple offers. To Judge. Uh, if he leaves the Yankees. I mean, it is going to be nuts in New York. Like, they're going to go nuts. They're going to want Brian Cashman fired. I mean, they already kind of do. But they're going to be pissed off. If Hal Steinbrenner, if Brian Cashman don't find a way to bring Judge back, even if he goes to the Giants, like, Farhan Zaidi said that no one is, like, out of their limits at the GM meetings, like, financially. They have to make, they don't have, like, an unlimited pocketbook. Like, they can't go writing blank checks to Judge 
Turner, Bogarts, and Correa. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like they're going to spend a lot of money. Maybe they want to bring back Rodon, too. That's going to cost a lot. Uh, but, yeah, it feels like the Yankees and the Giants, those are the two. We'll see. We'll see. I still think he goes back to the Yankees, though. Christopher, yeah, I mean, he puts it pretty well here. It says, Trey Turner is a nice want, not a need. I'd agree with that. I think, I mean, I want Xander Bogarts. I want Carlos Correa. I want Trey Turner. I want Dansby Swanson. All four of those guys are good players. But, I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr., he's arguably the best shortstop in baseball when he's healthy. And even if he doesn't play shortstop in 2023 for the majority of the time, they have a pretty damn good shortstop in Hassan Kim defensively, right? And I'm fine with him hitting at the bottom of the order or, you know, seventh or wherever. And you have Tatis play the outfielder, DH a little bit at the top of the order. He's one of the best players in baseball, period. And you've already signed him to an extension. You have a great left side of the infield. Um, Trey Turner in center field, I just don't see that. I don't see that. Yeah, I want all of the free agents, right? Every team does, but he, he's not a need. I would agree with that. Gil says Merrill will end up a third or a second baseman. Probably, if you know, I assume Tatis is the long-term option at shortstop, or that's their the Padres' preference. Um, yeah, so I agree. Sec he could probably plays second base. Hopefully Manny's here for the rest of his career. Cameron says, Padres need to re-sign Drury and Myers. We do not need any more infielders. We have the best defensive infield. Yeah, I mean, I think you want to have, you want to bring in a power bat for first base. I mean, I want Jose Abreu, but I'd be, I'd be open to bringing in Drury and, and Myers and um, having a platoon like that. I mean, Myers and Drury, they played pretty well defensively at first base this past year, and it wouldn't cost a lot of money. I think that would keep you in the Senga sweepstakes. You can go out, maybe get a better left fielder. Um, yeah, I mean, and you're, let's remember, you're having Fernando Tatis Jr. come back in the lineup in 2023. You hope that he's healthy for most of the year. He hit 40 plus home runs and he missed like 30 games in 2021. Let's remember that with all the subluxations. So this guy, he is a big offensive boost. He's going to be the biggest off-season off addition for the Padres, bringing him, bringing him back into the lineup, you know? Gil says Dansby Swanson's girlfriend, though. Uh, I love Mal Pugh. Yeah, I love me some Mal Pugh. Um, she's fun to watch playing soccer. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Cameron says, I think we are the best defensive team in Major League Baseball. I mean, the Cardinals probably have something to say about that. Didn't the Yankees win, like, the American League team gold glove? They're giving out a American League gold They're giving out team gold gloves. They did that this year. I don't know. I, for, I forget if that was the first year that they did this, but... What other award is there other than the World Series that is a team award? Like, why, why would they give out a team gold glove award? What, are they going to have a parade for that? Like, I don't know. Yeah, the pot, but the Padres, they do have a good defense. I will say that. I agree with that. Mike says Turner's not coming here. I mean, I agree. I don't think he is. I don't think any of those four shortstops are. Says money is going into starting pitching and a quality catcher. I don't think it's going into the catching position. They have Campy and Nola. I, I hope that Campy will develop more. Uh, I think the money's going to go into left field, first base, you know, power bat, and starting pitching. I mean, yeah, this is a good point, I guess, by Mike. If Padres are truly looking for one of the top four shortstops, that tells me they're decided... Junior's going to be an outfielder in DH. If they go hard for it, then yeah. But I think this is just Preller kicking the tires and probably asking those guys, hey, 
How much do you want? Like, what's the market like? I think right now, there are a lot of teams interested. Like, John Heyman named, like, 11 teams. There's not going to be 11 teams interested in those guys for the whole offseason. Um, it's just people, you know, putting their toe in the water, seeing what it's like. Preller may be asking those guys, are you willing to switch to second base? Are you willing to go to center field? You know, if they go to second, you have Crony at first. That's not the worst thing in the world. Like, that's a possibility, I guess. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, if they're, like, going down to the last, like, they're one of the last bidders for Trey Turner or something, then, yeah, Junior's in the outfield, I would think. Um, and if they're one of the last bidders, I mean, might as well just go for it then, right? But I, I don't think that they're getting any of those four guys, Swanson, Correa, Bogarts, and Turner. I, I don't think they're getting any of them. Cujo asks, who other than Abreu would you want for first base and DH? I mean, I'm open to Jury. I'm open to Bell coming back, just not long-term. I'm open to Myers coming back on a one-year team-friendly deal. Not to be like the primary first base or DH, but bench guy. Um, Yuli Gurriel, I don't know. Trey Mancini, I'm open to. I'm interested in him. I'm interested in like Seth Brown from the A's on the trade market. There's other names I'm probably forgetting right now, uh, but those are some names that I, I'm interested in, and I'm sure the Padres are as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with this, Christopher. Says with the shift growing away, Crone at first may be a great option. With like Kim going to second, you're saying, or one of those big shortstops going to second base, or Tatis going to second. I could see that. Like, good luck hitting it through the right side of the infield. Good luck hitting it through the left side. But you're going to ask Tatis to play a position he's never played before. Cronenworth's best position is second base. You could just go get a first baseman and let everyone else play the positions they're comfortable with. Like, I think the most realistic thing is them doing that. I think you're limiting Cronenworth having him play first. Maybe that's just me. Um, all right. A lot was covered tonight. Over an hour here. Episode 285 of Talking Friars. Ben Fadden here. Uh, I think that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talked a lot about the shortstops, Kodai Senga, non-tenders, Jorge Alfaro, no longer a Padre. They could still, I guess, bring him back, but they didn't want to pay him three mil. Like, he's not coming back. It was a lot of great memories. We knew he wasn't going to be a Padre, and we definitely wish him well unless he's, you know, going to the Dodgers or something. Go to an AL team, please, Jorge, and we'll root for you. Go to, like, the Twins. I mean, they have Gary Sanchez, but go to, a, go to a team in the AL. I'm fine with that. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in here on this Friday night. I'll see you guys later. Go Padres.